This is episode 56, Dating Advice from a Matchmaker with Abby Rosenblum, and it's Erica here. Hello. How are you right now? Let's do a quick check-in. How's everything feeling? Hopefully you're having a good week. I know at the time I'm recording this, I'm having a really good week. I just got back from an eight-day vacation. I was on the East Coast, and it was simply magical to just change up my scenery and environment. And I enjoyed the heat and the humidity out on the East Coast. My hair loves the humidity. I don't know if anyone else gets that. But anyway, it's good to be back in Denver and getting back into routine. But I'm already thinking about where I want to go next. Where should I go on my next vacation? Send me a message. Let me know. Preferably somewhere with a beach. So anyway, on to today's conversation, dating advice from a matchmaker. So my guess is if you're listening to this episode, either you're single and you're like, heck yeah, give me all the tips. How do I make this dating thing less less, uh, cringeworthy? Or maybe you just listen to every episode and you're not single, but maybe you have some single people in your life. This episode is relevant for everyone, all the people. So listen up especially if you're single. And you'll hear us level set at the beginning of the episode. I'm coming into this conversation very single, going on two years of being single, very active um, in the dating world. I always have been. I was an early adopter of dating apps and websites. So you'll hear me complain about that on the episode. And then you'll hear where Lauren's coming from. And Abby is a very skilled matchmaker. She has such a warm heart and such a natural talent for listening to people and then understanding who this person is and who they might get along with. So I have not worked with her as a matchmaker, but I have um, had the pleasure of getting to know her through a mastermind and just as a beautiful human being. So um, just listen up to what she has to say. She gives some really great tips and we talk about why dating is so challenging and how to make it a more intentional and enjoyable experience even. So give it a listen, reach out, let us know what you think. Go find us on Instagram, find Abby's post and tag a friend that you know who is single in the comments just so they can give this episode a listen if they feel called to. All right, I think that's about it. You'll hear about Abby's story in the episode. So now on to our conversation with Abby Rosenblum. I know. We are beautiful. The listeners can't see us, but there are some beautiful brunettes here to talk about dating. Hi, Abby. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. I know it's at least good to see you guys virtually, but I have not seen you in person in far too long. Far so too long. long. Yeah, Abby was in, or is in, I guess we could say it still exists, a mastermind that our producer, Andy, who's been on the show, he put together. He brought all of us together. It was so fun. And then there was that little thing called COVID that hit, and we tried keeping it up virtually, and it just didn't, didn't stick. I got sick of planning it. <laughs> yeah, you in charge of it, Erica, so I don't blame you for yeah, not wanting like, to plan is- everything. <laughs> but yeah, it is good to see you. And today our topic is dating advice from a matchmaker. Abby is a matchmaker. We're going to hear all about 
what you do and what that looks like. But before we hit record, we were having kind of a fun conversation. So I think we should start there with what we were talking about and the different perspectives that we're bringing to this conversation. So we have our matchmaker and then I'll start first. I've been single since Thanksgiving of 2019. This is the longest, probably the longest I've ever gone without like, like I've gone on first dates, but I have not dated anyone beyond that in this whole time. Obviously, there was a pandemic. It makes things complicated. I also was an early adopter of dating websites. I went on Plenty of Fish in 2011 right after college. I was just like, sure, whatever. Like, I want to meet the love of my life. I have, I want to have some babies. Like, if this is a tool that helps me get there, I was always very open to it. Um, so that's where I'm coming from. Lauren, where are you sitting in the world of dating? Well, as I've mentioned on the podcast, I am divorced. I got married at 22 years old. You know, go to college, get your MRS. I also got a business degree. And um, married at 22, divorced at 28. Um, was single for maybe like a few weeks. I always had a, a few a few peoples on the side going on. Um, at one point, I was dating like four people at the same time. Do not recommend. Zero stars. And um, I've been in three like really serious relationships. I've been engaged three times. And this this current engagement, the final countdown um, with Adam. And I'm super excited. I really do believe that I have done the work to find the one. And this is it. So the longest I've been single is six weeks. As an adult, I've never been on a dating app. I'm fascinated with the whole idea of it as like a social, I find it to be an experiment. Um, And when I met you, Abby, at our first in-person mastermind, I was just like really drawn to you and the way that you talk about this. Um, And I'm excited for this conversation. Me too. Lauren, I'm totally wondering as well, how or when did you know that uh, Adam, you said, right, Mm -hmm. was was the one you know we met about eight years ago in industry we were both in the oil and gas industry he was a um attorney in the industry and i was in business development um so we socialized in that way and there was always this like spark like we knew like "Mm, we're both in relationships we got to be careful with this one So we had chemistry. We didn't really pursue any of it. Then he moved away and I went on with my life and we reconnected on Facebook last summer. And I just sent him a happy birthday because I was curious. I had done all my, you know, silent stalking of him and like figuring out what his situation was. (laughs) Um, But it was it's pure chemistry. And we've both done a lot of work to heal our childhood wounds and our trauma wounds and our attachment styles and all the things and we've done a lot of healing together so it part of it was timing and like recognizing that we'd had a connection before and just being curious about what it was and it was just the universe smashing us together it was time how cool (laughs) yeah I noticed that giant rock on your finger when we got on here. So yeah, she's very sparkly. I just got her. She's she's my new wardrobe piece. All right. So now that we have that set, and as Lauren and I ask questions or add feedback to whatever is being said, the listeners now know what perspective we're coming from. But Abby, let's start out with your story. How you how it is you ended up as a matchmaker. Tell us where it all began. 
Right. So uh, I'll try to do the Cliff Notes version. So I started my business, The Social Modern Matchmaking, three years ago now, which is crazy to think about. And I have almost had it as my full-time job for a full year. So uh, I guess I just have fun all day, every day, which is pretty cool. Um, But, you know, I was dating a ton, you know, serial dater status on every dating app, going out multiple times a week. This was... I don't know, in 2017. Um, And I did find my fiance that way. So I guess you can say that I match made myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, as I was going through this, I was wondering, isn't there a better way? You know, all people think of when they want to start dating is, let me go on dating apps, you know, let me go online and, you know, find someone versus, you know, hiring someone to find that person for you. Um, so obviously, you know, it's not for everybody, but it is fun if you're willing to be open and share about yourself and, uh, just put yourself out there in a very different way. So, uh, it's been really cool to connect people. That's definitely a passion of mine, just bringing people together, helping them, you know, find love and bringing more love into the world is really what it's all about. And you started, this happened to you pretty organically, right? You, as far as matching people up. That was something you kind of just started doing in your life. And then I was like, oh, I can make money doing this, right? Yeah, I did start the business officially. I was like, hey, I'm going to have a matchmaking business, but I just thought it'd be a fun side thing. I never thought it would actually become a real job, uh, which is fun when things like that happen. And, you know, put everything together and just, you know, made all of my single friends become the initial people in my database, then friends of friends. And of course, now it's expanded where, you know, I just talk to random people each day. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me mute that. Is that coming through? Okay, stand by. Sorry. Uh, And, you know, talking to random people each day that just find me and want to find love in Colorado. I love that. And I point it out only because that's a common theme whenever we have an entrepreneur on the show and they tell their story. It's like, oh, you just like doing this thing and then you started doing it and now it's your job. Cool. Like you can can make your passion the thing that supports you financially. So just want to throw that out there. How did you figure out, though, that you were good at this? Like, how did you, like, match a certain amount of friends or, like, people kept telling you? Like, how did you figure out that this was a gift of yours? You know, I think, honestly, my biggest gift is helping people open up and help them kind of feel comfortable and really figure out what they want. Um, So I think then my second thing is obviously then figuring out how they fit together with someone in a puzzle. But it's not like I had set up all these relationships before or, you know, everyone was like, oh, you know, you're so good at this whole matchmaking thing. Um, It was just kind of like, hey, this is cool. I'm going to do it. Um, And, you know, I definitely learned along the way, you know, it was, it's not always been happy and pretty and even every day it's not, you know, Um, but, you know, it's definitely a learning experience and the more you set people up and learn people's weird quirks and things that do work well together, um, you know, I think that I'm becoming a better matchmaker every day with each date I set up. That's awesome. Yeah. That is great. And before we get into the actual nitty-gritty advice stuff, I think it might be worthwhile if you painted a picture of what a matchmaker does. Because I know before I met you and before I looked into all this, I was kind of like, you know, maybe seeing a reality TV show here here and there. And it's like, what is happening? So tell us, what is your day-to-day like? What are the service types of services you offer? What does a matchmaker do? Right. Yeah, it's uh, kind of funny because I feel like the matchmaker portrayals on TV 
uh, are semi-accurate and semi-not because, of course, every matchmaker is different. I always tell people, you know, you don't have to work with me. Like, find someone that you vibe with and that you work well with because the most important thing is that you can be open and honest with that person. Um, So we all work a little bit differently, but I can at least speak to myself and what I do. Um, So I set up blind dates and singles events. Um, Both are big parts of what I do because some people are better in group settings and want to do the whole event thing and others are, you know, better just one-on-one and just want to meet one person, you know, and here we go. So uh, two ways that people work with me, they are either are in my pool or my database. So they say, hey, put me in the pool. Let me know if you have somebody. Sometimes I have someone once a week. Sometimes I have someone once a year because uh, I'll only set it up if it's someone super, super awesome. Um, and then people also hire me as their matchmaker where I do a specific search for them. So this is where a lot of my day-to-day tasks come in where I am, you know, maybe looking for men or women for that person, messaging them on social media, or I'm calling other matchmaker friends of mine and asking them, okay, do you have a guy who's between 40 and 50 and has kids but doesn't want kids and is super hot? And they'll be like, yeah. You should talk to Brad. Um, So, you know, it's kind of fun that all of us matchmakers, I mean, I would say majority of us are very collaborative and like to work together and share people back and forth because we all have the common goal of just wanting our clients to be happy. Um, So it's a lot of talking to other matchmakers, talking to new people, you know, doing my own podcast, which I'll plug later on. And, uh, you know, of course, setting up the dates, which, you know, is figuring out where do people go, making sure they are prepared for those dates, making sure they have the right outfits for the dates, good hair, beard trims for guys. Um, So yeah, there's all kind of a whole process too of preparing people for dates and it could even involve some coaching, maybe therapy. Neither of those are for me. Um, I outsource those to the experts. (laughs) Yeah. So, and your approach is really cool because it is all inclusive. So if someone is just like, okay, I've been doing this on my own for so long without any luck, like maybe I need some support and you're kind of a one-stop shop for all the different things. Right. And honestly, you know, I think it's sometimes intimidating to say, I need help with this or I can't do this on my own. I'm sure you both run into that in the worlds that you're into. Um, But there is something too, you know, someone coming to any of us and saying, hey, I need your help. Um, You know, I think we all think we're experts at dating, you know, and it's just kind of funny because people don't just walk around and think they're experts at, you know, investing or oil and gas or their health or stress or, you know, all the things that we work with people on. So yeah, sometimes it's nice to have someone help you who is a professional in that field. Yes. If you want to do something well, hire someone else who already does it or knows how to do it and just let them help you. So that's a life hack. Yeah. (laughs) Ask for help. What a life hack. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So from your perspective, what are some of the biggest challenges that people have these days in dating? Like, Mm. Why does it feel so hard? And that's coming from a single lady in 2021. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I will. I definitely want to answer. And then I also want to flip it around and Erica ask you too what you feel like the biggest challenges are if you think the ones that I have are the same for you too. Yeah, good idea. Um, So I would say the biggest, honestly, the way our brains work with dating because of dating apps, I think is the biggest challenge. But it's hard because it's this world we've created where you always feel like there could be something better. So sometimes it's very hard to just be present and talk to the person in front of you and not write them off for the tiniest little 
things like I keep using this example of holding your fork wrong or, you know, one sock is a different color than the other one. Um, you know, people have become so hyper, hyper picky because it feels like, well, there's 7 billion people I can swipe through. So, you know, if you don't check all 800 of my boxes, goodbye. <laughs> so that's definitely one of the biggest challenges is just getting people to realize no one's going to check every box. Um, but knowing, you know, the biggest and important ones, that's great. And there will be people out there who will say, yes, my husband or wife or partner checks every box. I don't believe them. So. <laughs> yeah. And actually Lauren and I were just having this conversation. I think it was you yesterday where it's like, oh yeah, with um, being challenged in relationship that, it, that looking at flaw, instead of looking at flaws is like, oh, that person does that thing and it annoys me. It's more okay, here's something that maybe doesn't check a box, but it's just a way that challenges me to show up in a different way or be a better person or just love and accept someone unconditionally, which is really just a reflection of me loving and accepting myself unconditionally. So it's it's so true. One, one of my biggest shifts, and this was a tool and a practice I learned from a therapist when I was going through my divorce, so and I didn't actually have a reason to apply it till Adam and I started dating – was that I had my list of like non-negotiables and it was actually a pretty short list. Like I've been through a lot of adult relationships. Like I worked through my own shit. Um, it was a short list. And then as Adam and I got to know each other better, he was adding to the list and it was like things that I was realizing were important to me. He was revealing to me and really it was about me. I was learning myself, but like, I gave him a chance. Like now I love all the quirky things about him. And I'm realizing if we lean on each other's strengths, all the, all the quote unquote weaknesses or like the flaws or whatever, just become like really fun things that we get to like experience together. So per, uh, perspective mindset, I guess certainly helps in that regard. Yeah. And most people never can look at challenges or flaws or however you want to face them in that way. So first of all, kudos to you. Um, Yay, therapy. <laughs> proof that therapy can really help, right? <laughs> so I was going to say the other like big challenge I noticed too is that a lot of people date when they're not ready. Um, so that kind of goes back to the whole concept of therapy or coaching or maybe just spending some time with yourself. And Erica, you kind of mentioned it of feeling good about yourself and whatever flaws or challenges you have within you. Um, there are a lot of people that are just like, I'm going to date. And I just broke up with someone two days ago. Yeah. We're using dating apps for a confidence boost instead of actually as a tool primarily to find a date or someone to spend time with. So it's like the intention behind Using the dating app, I think, creates a lot of the challenges. And actually, this year, I rarely had this issue until this year where I where I finally feel like I'm in a place where I am ready to find a true partner. And I think that's why I've been single for so long because now I'm like, okay, I really know what I want and I'm not willing to just be with someone because that, it's convenient or it feels good. I've also done a lot of work to heal my like my relationship with loneliness and, you know, thank you pandemic. I got a lot of practice being alone and being like, okay, I'm good here. I want to invite someone else in, but like, I don't need to do it out of desperation to fill a void. It's um, so anyway, in, from being in that place and dating, I have found that I've, I've come into contact with guys that we go on our first date and 
The question I always ask myself after a first date is, did I enjoy their company and would I want to be in their presence again? Like, it's that simple. It's not about anything more than just like, oh, I would spend time with that person and quality time is my love language. So that's how I that's how I look at it. But I found more guys that they're like, oh, I realize I'm actually not ready to date. It's too soon after my last relationship. And I'm going to be like, okay, you probably knew that before you went on the date with me. Either you're just not admitting it to yourself or, or that's the other thing. Like people aren't – like there's so many excuses you can use. We're not just saying what's on our mind. I was talking to my friend yesterday um, and he's dealing with a situation where this girl is just stringing him along and they've got, they were dating for a few months. They met on an app and she's just like, this isn't a good time, but he, but she's not setting him free. And we're all just kind of like, we're all just being really mean to each other. At least that's what it feels like. That's obviously a big, uh, generalization, but it is the general feeling when I think about dating apps and when I talk to my friends who are on dating apps. It's a honestly super cutthroat out there. Um, I am not envious of you at all, Erica, um, but I feel like you are in a good place, it sounds like, too. And, you know, obviously you doing what you do probably have a lot of tools to survive all this craziness. I had to become a coach in order to get to this place. So for anyone else out there listening, invest in yourself and do something because, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so curious, too. What's like the best date you've been on lately? <laughs> and if there isn't one, that's okay. I'm putting on the So that's it. Here's my um. What? How do I want to? What do I want to call this? The word that comes to mind is formula, which is really terrible. I've been on a lot of first dates in the last year, and I have a pretty um set routine. I guess you could say, like it's like either grab coffee go for a walk, or if we're feeling fancy, grab coffee and then go for a walk in the same time. I know, getting crazy. Um, I don't drink very much, so I'm usually not, you know, one for happy hour. I even have on my dating app um, that I never drink, even though I'll I'll drink like a few times a year. Um, so that weeds people out. But to answer your question, there's really nothing that stands out because they all just kind of blend together. <laughs> That's sad. We got to fix that. We're going to chat after we get done with this podcast. I'm like, uh, I did go axe throwing on a second date with a guy who I don't want this to turn into like the the saga of Erica and her poor dating stories, but this is the last thing I'll share and then we'll get back to to dating advice from you. But I went <laughs> axe throwing uh which was really fun. I highly recommend that as a second date or something like that um and I was really into the guy but then I never heard from him again so yeah oh, anyway missing out but he also <laughs> saved you some time probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah so now that we've heard the complaints from me about dating let's turn the conversation around and talk about like what are the things we can do to maybe make this a more enjoyable experience and I think first dates might be a good place to start because I've never had an issue with the first date. I think in my mind, sometimes I downgrade them from a date. And Abby, you can tell me if you think this is a good thing or a bad thing. But I just always see it as like I'm just meeting someone new. Like I, sometimes I don't even like to call it a date in my head. I'm like, oh, I'm just meeting up with someone um, just so that the pressure is taken off of it. But also I love talking to new people. And I always find that like I've never had a bad date because I can always sit down and enjoy things. But what are some That's things good. that we can 
do before a first date to either take pressure off if people get nervous about it? Um, or is there like a winning formula of things that we should consider and think about before a first date? Yeah, I would say definitely start with if it helps to not call it a date, don't call it a date. Call it just, it. hey, a meetup, a meet and greet, uh, you know, whatever coffee. you want to call it. Coffee. Yeah, a walk. Um, you know, it doesn't have to have that pressure like, oh, my God, I have to be my most amazing self and so perfect for this person. Um, you know, everyone is nervous on a first date. So let's just put that out there that that is normal. Um, it's also normal to also be excited. So nervous and excited, two very different emotions. Uh, but everyone kind of feels them going into a date. Um, the other thing I really like to tell people is to set an intention going into your date. So and it can't be to find your future partner or to see sparks fly or, you know, to have something dramatic like that. It's got to be simple. Maybe it is to try a new coffee shop. Maybe it's to ask someone you've like something new that you haven't asked before or learn something new. Um, maybe it's literally just to get out of your house for the day because you've been working at home in front of your computer. Um, so it could be something super simple, um, but I do find it helps because then you walk away and you're like, Hey, that day was a win. I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. And then it's an extra awesome thing. If you then also had a great connection with that person and want to see them again. Yeah. I am over here clapping my hands and getting excited as you're talking. Because <laughs> I think that's, I mean, we could probably say this about a lot of things, but it's our expectations that get in the way of not feeling satisfied, right? So if you go in being like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing and he looks so cute and whatever. And then you leave and it's like, oh, it was underwhelming. I, I have that feeling a lot. So just the intention of I'm going to go have a good conversation. And then if you have a good conversation, it's like that was worth my time. Because that's another thing and maybe you hear this too, but like sometimes dating feels like a waste of time because like at this point I'm like, oh, well, he's probably not – like nothing's going to happen, but you feel forced to go anyway. So setting an intention that's attainable – or not attainable, but feels good. From a serial monogamist, I implement those types of strategies when I'm trying to make new friends. Mm. So like I know that I have struggled in my life having female friendships and having like really – like close platonic friendships both male and female so i will go on like friend dates with people and or like i met erica at a networking event and like i felt a connection to her we really didn't engage very much at the event but like i went and like pursued like getting to see her again so i love going on friend dates so all of you out there it's not really only about partners like life partners and all of that kind of stuff like we need friends, too, as adults. And friends come and go. But these are great hacks for friend dates, too. I love so a true. friend date. So yeah, true. and it's honestly so difficult sometimes to make friends as an adult. So that's, like, such a great way to look at it. And honestly, I think more people are open to friendship than you would think. Because um, I know I talk to a lot of people that are like, hey, I just moved here and I want friends. And I'm like, well, come to my events. Everyone wants to meet people, so... You're going to meet yeah. Maybe you're just meeting a new friend and it's not about putting pressure on will this be the last relationship I get to be like, right. chill out. Yeah. <laughs> and as someone who tends toward avoidant attachment, that language in my head, actually, I've naturally done that and you just kind of made me realize why because it's easier for me to be like, oh, like there doesn't need to be a commitment or pressure here. It's like I just want to meet someone new and let things 
evolve so it's it's easier. And I'll say another thing that's beneficial about just friend dates or shifting that. I've recently made a shift from, okay, I'm not going to be so hyper-focused on the dating and finding a romantic partnership. I'm actually currently going on a ton of friend dates because I'm like, I want to be in an energy where I'm just enjoying my life, having fun. And because in that energy is where I'm going to meet my future partner, not in this place of like, I have to find a boyfriend because I want one. So it's like just being like, hey, I'm just going to go be open to like all the people that want to come into my life. That is amazing. That was the other mistake I was going to bring up is the opposite of what you're doing. Where people come into it and they're like, I need someone to complete me and I hate being alone. Those people, they have a tough time. And I'm sure yeah. you noticed. We all have been in that headspace, I'm sure, at some point. I know I have. Oh, um, yeah. So, you know, coming from that place of, hey, whatever comes, comes. And if it's friendship, if it's a business relationship, if it's my future partner, awesome. You know, You never know. Mm -hmm. I actually, uh, I mean, I had an intention when I reached out to Adam on Facebook a year ago, but also I knew that he was in my um, mind as like, he was a potential ideal client for the coaching I was doing at the time too. So I was like, I'm just going to reconnect because it, you know, if nothing else, I might be able to work with him on a business level. Like you just never know. Don't, don't write people off. Yeah. It's true. We are so quick to write everyone off. Um <laughs> Just generally. I don't know why. It frustrates me. And that's all. It's, yeah, it's like our instant gratification. We have everything we want at our fingertips. And so if something feels difficult or challenging, I mean, you know, maybe like people who are really into personal growth, maybe we don't necessarily shy away from difficult and challenging. But there are times which is like, it's just easier to not deal with this. And and it's just, there's no accountability. So we're just mm -hmm. like, Actually, that's probably the nice thing about a matchmaker. Your members are accountable to you. And so, you know, they're hopefully not being mean to each other and ghosting. <laughs> right? Well, I actually have – I have a whole bunch of rules. And the number one rule is no ghosting. Um, and I do remove people, no matter how much they've paid me, if they ghost. It's a one-strike <sighs> policy. So, you know, it's just there's no reason, especially when I'm following up with you after your date and you tell me it goes well and you plan a second date and you plan a third date. And then all of a sudden you just fall off the face of the earth. Like you could have just used me as a middleman. You don't necessarily even have to ghost. Right. So. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So we were talking about first dates and setting an intention. Is there anything else you want to add to as far as like winning first date formulas and what people should have in mind? Yep. Um, I would say do something you feel comfortable with. You know, like mm. Erica, you were talking about you feel more comfortable doing a coffee or a walk. You know, don't go do something that's totally out of what the realm of what you would normally do, like go to a sports bar. Um, you know, that Or just... try a new food. I made that. Um, I made that mistake one time. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like it's a good story time. <laughs> I just I went on a first date. It was a guy I met at church. Um, we went on two dates. The first one we went to a Peruvian restaurant. The food was delicious, but I did not. I was like hesitant to ask what was in things, and I have dietary restrictions. And I just was like, "It'll be fine. It'll be fine." But then the date went well, and I was like, "I'm sorry, I have to go home." <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, there's definitely something in this that I shouldn't have eaten. Oh, so yeah, don't. 
I should I should just let people know I have dietary restrictions on the first date. Like, let's lay it all out. That was a big thing for me because up until I did my work with um, Chelsea, my eating disorder coach before that, I had so much shame and guilt around all my dietary restrictions. And so I'd eat what I needed to at home, but out and about, I like wouldn't speak up. And so I'd just be like, oh, whatever, I'll just eat this. And then as I realized how important all that stuff is um, – you know, now I can just say, hey, if we go to a restaurant, can I choose the restaurant so I know that, you know, I feel comfortable eating there or whatever. But also it was just, again, it was the reflection of I was worried that they were going to reject me for it, but really it was just rejecting myself. And as soon as I fully accepted that, hey, I just – I don't eat gluten and I don't eat dairy and I don't drink that much. And when you own your stuff with confidence, it doesn't have to be about food. It could be literally anything you're worried about being judged for. When you show up and just say, hey, this is who I am and – um, this is how I need to be loved. And th- maybe you don't say that on the first date, but like, you know, eventually when you get into this stuff, right? Here's my um, handout for how yeah, I need to this be is, loved. <laughs> it's my operating manual. But people respect them. They're like, wow, like you really understand yourself. And there's nothing sexier than someone who understands what they need and they can just be like, hey, let, let me make this easy for you. So I love the idea of your walk dates because when we're moving – we tend to be more present because you can't yes. you can't zone out when you're walking because you'll fall. Like, <laughs> right. you know, like you can't have a conversation in motion if you're not present. I love that. I love to. I love experience dates. I love going to do things and not just sitting and eating. Because mm-hmm. um, I love having experiences. That's one of my favorite things. I love. I love that you do walking dates. It's a nice challenge to the person to to be present with you. And uh, like in the past, I was like, oh, is this too hard for? like to feel romance because you're like walking and moving. You're not really like looking at each other or whatever. But I've had guys like kiss me on the first date at the – like if they were, if it was a really nice connection or something. And it was welcome. You know, I was like, oh, okay, I'm into this. But, you know, or you can stop at a picnic bench or sit under the shade or something so you can still have some time to connect. So, yeah, walking dates are super – I like them. Yeah, Sounds like a hack to COVID. me. That's like one of yeah. the main things to come out of the pandemic. And honestly, that's the most popular date I set up. Is a really, yeah. and I was doing it way before the pandemic. So I'm just those like are my favorite poser. friend dates. I love a walk yeah. walking date with friends. Yeah, seriously, Me too. I love that too. And I'm actually setting up a uh, a mini golf date for next week. I'm super <sighs> excited. <laughs> you know, Top Golf is another one of my favorite dates. Yes, <laughs> it's a little expensive, I'd say, for a first date, but I do like it for. You know later. what? I drink less. And I eat less, and that's not the thing, but, like, I end up ultimately spending the same amount of money if we had just gone to, like, a nice dinner and had a bottle of wine and cocktails before, like, the whole thing. And then you're actually doing something, and you're getting to see someone, like, how they behave in, like, a competitive situation or a performance-based situation. Like, it's a a fun little psychology (laughs) experiment Mm -hmm. in my mind. Abby, do you do dinner... For first dates? I never do dinner for people for first okay. dates. Why is that? Um, I just think it's a little much, you know? Totally it kind of puts more pressure. Like we were saying, you know, frame it as like a meet and greet, you know, a meetup, a first look. I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have wedding brain, so forgive me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think dinner just puts – it's more intimate. Sharing a meal with someone is just like naturally a more intimate It feels intimate like a thing. trap. <laughs> it feels yeah. like it feels like entrapment it's like 
now I have to sit here. I mean, it's it's a perfect opportunity to ghost because someone like gets too overwhelmed by the like the idea of sitting across from somebody for a meal. I love that that's not a thing. I don't... Yeah. It's too mm-hmm. much of a thing. And then, you know, even if you guys are having a great time on a first date, I tell everyone, like, cut it off at, like, two, three hours and just see that person again. You yeah. know, we romanticize this whole concept of a marathon eight-hour date. And that's, like, actually, it's kind of cringy. Of course, not always. But, you know, it's like this is a stranger that you just decided, oh, let's spend the whole day together. Maybe just go home and find another time to meet up again. Well, and as humans, we require rest and recharge. And when you're overstimulated like that, um, you're less likely to like have a chance to really think about like when you're alone back at your own place, like this was really nice. And I liked this about this person and I'm excited to see them again versus like a marathon. And then you're burnt out and you're like, okay, I can't, I can't do it. Because you're more likely to get, like, annoyed or pissed off or triggered when you spend, like, long amounts of time with someone for the first time. Like, give yourself, You get, like, like, drunk on happy hormones and then you're not thinking clearly. Or especially if there's alcohol involved. I know that in my younger – like, in my 20s and very early 30s, I always – happy hour was the the date. You know, it made things just, like – it was easier just to have fun when you have a drink or whatever. But when I think back to the type of guys that I attracted at the time and and I did have some of those marathon first dates and they felt it just felt like so good to be wanted and loved and have attention. But then when I look back, it's like, oh my God, there were so many red flags. And it's then like even, binge dating. Yeah. <laughs> and even this year I had one experience. I went on a few dates with this guy and he was really cute and really fun. But I immediately was like, oh, he – like, and I did eventually get this out of him. He was very lonely and he was so clingy and it was like, oh, this is so fun that someone wants to give me so much attention. And then I was like, why are you giving me so much? Like you never <laughs> want to like, – whatever. So the point is like space gives you time to differentiate your energy versus their energy, What what's just because like feel, it feels good in the moment or what's really what you want. So yeah, I love that advice of – just meet and greet, first look, and then <laughs> you can see him the next day or see her the next day if you want. Yeah, but <laughs> Totally. I completely agree. And then the last thing I'll say about first dates is don't wear something you've never worn. Um, mm. you know, have your three go-to outfits because you're never going to go on a first date twice with someone and just rotate those. You know, maybe have your walk in the park outfit that you love. Maybe have your drinks outfit that you love. And then maybe have your like mini golf outfit that you love. Um, no need to reinvent the wheel every time and have that be yet another thing that you have to think about before each first date. Oh, I one. love that. I and I do that. I have um or at least over the winter I had a first date outfit for like when I went to coffee and I, and it, at first I was like judging myself and I was like wait, why did like you said it's the only first date and then yeah, I have my favorite yoga pants that I wear. Make my butt look good. So, those are my walking date. Right. Yeah. I know I'm all I always, I'm always like I'm not going to wear like I'm going to wear my athletic shoes because I have made the mistake of wearing like my cute like Sperry's or flats or something and then I get blisters on walking dates so wear comfy shoes people mm-hmm. yeah. comfy shoes good so all right so I feel like we've transformed the first date from this 
nerve-wracking thing into like, hey, this is just a meetup, coffee, going for a walk, and setting the intention that, you know, can I have a good conversation? Can I just learn something new from this other fellow human that's going through this terrible experience just like me? Just kidding. Um, (laughs) You know what? Dating definitely has its terrible parts. I think we can admit (laughs) that here. (laughs) That's true. We have to honor that, that it's, it's okay to not enjoy the dating process sometimes. Um, how let's go back to dating apps because maybe you have some good tools for shifting the use of those for our single listeners that are on them. Um, how can we use dating apps more intentionally? We kind of touched on in the beginning that like some of the challenge of dating is we're just so quick to swipe. So part of me is like I'm so resistant to dating apps, but they are an amazing tool and they can help us meet people that we would never otherwise meet if we were just walking around the city. So what kind of advice do you have around that? Yeah. And I also totally agree with you. I am in no way anti-dating app. I don't love how they work, how they're like fake profiles and bots and, you know, obviously they're just there to make money. But if you use it right, you can meet great people. The problem is you do have to be pretty dedicated. So, you know, I do think there is a way to do it intentionally, but you do kind of have to be pretty consistent. Um, but the pattern that most people that I talk to go through is, okay, I'm on here for a day. Oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. Uh, okay, I'm deleting the app and I'm done now. And then a month later, you're like, wait, okay, what was that? I'm going to go back on Hinge. You just swipe, swipe, swipe. Oh my God, I have 500 messages. Goodbye. Um, Abby, or- have you been watching me? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying you are not alone. This is literally <laughs> every you. woman I talk to. So, you know, if a woman who wants to date men, every single woman, and then the poor guys are like, I sit there and swipe right on everyone and I get one woman. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're the hottest dude or the most strange looking dude. Uh <laughs> They are engineered to make the men pay money to get better matches. Um, You know, obviously this is not proven. This is just my theory, but I think a lot of people would agree with me that, um, you know, the men are the ones that usually pay on the apps. So off my soapbox now of how you could actually use dating apps more intentionally. Um, First thing is actually putting what you're looking for somewhere in your profile. Um, And I know, Erica, you mentioned like you put that you never drink just to weed out people who you know, would be judgy or weird about that, you know, drink every night. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like put things on there. Like I'm looking for, you know, my future partner or you don't even have to be that serious. You can say, Hey, I'm looking for a friendship, a serious relationship. I'm open to whatever might come of this. Um, you know, so if you can have those things that do weed the, uh, the douchebags and whatnot out, um, you know, that is good because there are definitely a lot of people on dating apps that are just there for something casual. Um, And I always tell people to set time limits on how long they can be on the apps. Fortunately, all of our phones now have those lovely screen time reminders. So make sure you can't spend more than 20 or 30 minutes on the apps each day um, just so that you're not driving yourself crazy being a serial dating app person. So the time limits are definitely a big one. And then getting the conversation off the app as soon as possible too. Mm. So, you know, doing a phone call or video chat with the person, um, making sure that you actually like them before you meet them in person. And, you know, when you're ready to say, okay, I like this person, 
and let's talk to them on the phone or do a video chat. Give them two solid options of times you're available and then just let them decide. So you'll say, hey, I'm free. I have a lunch break at noon tomorrow. We could FaceTime or this Saturday at three. And then it's in their court. If they're not interested, they don't respond likely and ghost. And if they are, they can choose one of those two times rather than just saying, hey, want to grab a drink sometime? Want to do a phone call? It's way too open-ended. And sadly, um, people just need to be super specific with what they want in order to get it. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And one one question I have for you, how do you feel about – because you mentioned um, – Limiting the amount of time that you're on the dating app, which I love. I also do not have any of my notifications on for my dating app, which makes it so that, you know, I have to intentionally go check for messages if I do start a conversation with someone. So I think the benefit is I'm not like hyper reactive. So if I get a message, I'm not like, oh, I need to check this right away. And instead mm-hmm. I can be in the right headspace of, oh, I want to go see if I want to interact with anyone that I've connected with, but then it also does does sometimes, uh, like, there'll be a really long time in between response time, so then just that alone can sometimes be like, eh, whatever, I'm over it. So it's like the ba- the balance between protecting my own energy and not burning out on it, and then also sometimes it feels like there's a limit on how long it's exciting. So it's like you match with someone, it's like, like you said, it's like, hey, would you want to FaceTime tomorrow and just set the time and kind of leave it at that? But it seems like there could be – maybe there's no right answer for that. Yeah, it's hard because there is no, like, hard and fast rule for any of it because, sure, I tell everybody, like, pick the same 20 minutes each day and go Mm -hmm. on there, respond to stuff, do that. But if you're in, like, a super interesting conversation with someone, you're really liking them, you're going to be checking it throughout the day. And that is okay because you found someone that you are enjoying talking to. Um, But just in that case, you know, don't let it go weeks before you actually meet them. Um, You know, just go meet them vet them through the phone call or video chat, and then meet them in real life. Crazy concept. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lauren, what are your thoughts never having been on a dating I know. You know, I have worked on social media since like 2015. And I was like one of the first adopters of Facebook. So I was a junior in college when Facebook came out. So I've literally been on Facebook since 2004. So like I've been involved in social media for so much, so much time that like even the short spurts of time that I was single, it just had no, I had no interest in it because I knew the dopamine response that I got from being on social media. And I didn't feel like that was like a real safe space for me to find somebody. Um, I'm much more of like a tangible connection person. However, Adam and I were long distance when we started. He was in Washington State and I was in Denver. So we did a lot of FaceTimes, a lot of um, video chats, a lot of texting. But when we both realized that like, okay, this might actually be something, you know, he flew me to Washington with very short notice. It was like, okay, it's time to come out. Let's Let's see what this is. So... You know, we did a marathon first date weekend, but we had been talking regularly for weeks and it was like, okay, let's see what this is. Because we had both done long distance, which is a whole has a whole host of other complications as far as how humans engage with each other and knew that that was not something we were interested in doing for a long time. So we had to make a choice to like 
see what would happen in person. We talked at the beginning, like if we if this is a thing, who would move? Because long distance was not an option for long term. So we but we were very open and honest. Everything was on the table. So I never really got into dating apps because I knew how I interact with social media. And I still have time limits on my social media. I'll take months off. Mm -hmm. I don't have any notifications on like, don't get I couldn't get sucked into the adrenaline and the dopamine responses of it it was a little too druggy for me (laughs) yeah and I I think a shift I've had to make that maybe will be helpful for other people for a long time I saw dating as dating apps as the only way to meet someone especially once the pandemic started it was like well I have to be on them because how else like he's not gonna just come up and knock on my door like I have to find him some way and when I took away that kind of power. So I'm like, yeah, dating apps are a great tool. I'm not opposed to them. I go through phases. I'm certainly not consistent. That's a good point, Abby. You know, you have to kind of keep showing up. But I also now have this very strong belief that I'm like, well, I might meet him at the grocery store or out and about or through a friend. I now I'm very open with my friends and I'm like, I'm single and very intentionally looking for a relationship. Please keep you in mind in case you know someone who might be a good fit for me. And just like putting constantly putting it out into the universe. I mean, here's a podcast. Hey, anyone, if you know someone who'd be good for me, <laughs> let me know. Um, you know, and and so using the dating apps, but I think we get less frustrated with them if we don't see them as like the end all be all. Like I have to do this to find a partnership. It's more like, oh, maybe I could just, you know, I go to for walks at the park all the time and I'll, I see the same guys walking their dog. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I should talk to them. And like, I haven't done it yet, but maybe I will one day, you know? My favorite question to ask people is, oh my gosh, what kind of dog is that? You will I'm, get this I'm gonna whole use that. platform. <laughs> they have a, you know, response. They'll tell you where they got it and how long they've had it. And like, <laughs> there's one guy in particular that I started saying hi to when we walk by, but I haven't mm-hmm. said anything else. So... Yeah, just uh, just ask him what kind of dog. It's so true. That will open yeah. a whole can of worms. It's like the easiest question to ask a stranger. <laughs> yeah. Unless they don't have a dog and then it's confusing. Don't do that. <laughs> that would be confusing. <laughs> or I just go, hi, I'm Erica. Just, that usually works. Then they say their name. And you're like, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I was going to say getting a dog. I got a puppy in May has been just like the ultimate way to connect with human beings. So, yeah. yeah. Just approach them. I have never made more friends in my entire life. So, Erica, if you need to borrow my puppy, just I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah, do some puppy sitting with me. <laughs> just remember well, to get the human's name, too. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Will, we'll talk about the dog for like 20 minutes and then they'll be like, nice to meet you. And it's like, oh, shit, I forgot to ask that person's name. <laughs> I have some friends now where I'm like, oh, that's just Bruce's dad. That's, yeah. I don't know. I know all the dogs in our na- in our little like apartment complex. I know what they look like. I know their schedules. I have no idea what, anything about their humans. I'm also not interested in their humans. So yeah. <laughs> that has to be there. Uh, well, Abby, this whole episode has been filled with hacks and tips and how we can make dating more uh, – approachable, exciting, something we look forward to. Is there anything we haven't said so far that you want to share um, just around dating advice or mindset or anything like that? Yeah, I just wanted to mention that if you do feel pressure to date, if you feel like you've been dating forever and you're just doing it just to do it, please stop and give yourself a break. 
Um, I feel like, Erica, I'm taking notes from you as our burnout expert. Um, People can get burned out on dating. Mm -hmm. So, you know, give yourself some slack because it is tough. It is draining. And it's a lot to put yourself out there in that way. You're literally saying, hi, random stranger. Please get to know me and accept me for who I am. And, you know, maybe we'll eventually have sex and get married. Who knows? Um, So that's (laughs) like – When you put it like that. Right. (laughs) So, you know, it's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. So cut yourself some slack and try to have fun with it. And if you're not having fun with it, take a break because people aren't going anywhere. There will always be single people for you to meet. Yeah. I'm just going to let that sink in for a minute, mostly for myself, but for everyone. Yeah. Like it's okay to take a break. It's okay to focus on yourself or focus on other things or do the friend thing. Start making new friends instead. I'm literally in the process of that and I'm – I already feel, you know, lighter, but (sighs) – So thank you for all the value and knowledge bombs that you brought to us today. And we have a question that we ask all of our guests. What is your all-time favorite life hack or current favorite life hack? Oh my God, that is a tough one. And I should have been prepared for this question better. I feel like I watched so many TikTok videos and I'm like, holy shit, that's how that works or that's what that's for? That's where okay. we get our news now, yeah. This is such a random one. I did see this on TikTok and I have not tried it yet, so it could potentially be fake, but I was like, whoa. Um, so it was a life – it was a hack where you could open a can opener, but you put the can opener like on the top of the can rather than on the side. That's, that's really how it's meant to be. That's real. That's how it's supposed to work. So I've been doing it wrong my entire life and I am now revising how I have looked at you can You put opener. the blade on the side – and it li- it like cuts it and the lift lifts the top off and you could actually like the old idea was you could use that as the lid if you don't use the whole can like that's how cans are designed I'm Erica's processing, I'm processing this I'm a visual <laughs> learner I need to see this someone someone send me a video <laughs> I'll send it to you I'm okay. sure I saved it cuz I was like oh my god and it <laughs> helps keep the blade of your can opener clean because we all know that if you try to wash them, they'll rust most yeah. of the time. So, like, that just requires you to, like, rinse it and dry it. It, like, doesn't get it all messy. And it doesn't cause all the product to, like, f- like come out on top of the lid. It's it's a real also, life. It's a real thing. It's a good one, Abby. We, how did we get this wrong? You know? Really? Like, who messed, who messed who that up? Who didn't teach someone how to use a can opener? And then we have this TikTok video that is blowing I, right? minds of millennials. I am blaming millennials. Who didn't teach you this? Yeah, blaming my mom and dad. That's all yeah. it is. <laughs> my grandma taught me that. Oh, Ooh, well, Lauren, I wish you shared that sooner so I didn't have to find out on TikTok. <laughs> That's I didn't know. People didn't know. I was today years old. I was today years old. Yeah. Abby, you have so many amazing resources and things that people like your podcast. So tell us how people can find you and connect with you. Yeah. Thank you, by the way. I hope my resources are amazing. Um, I do host my own podcast called Ghosted. It is meant to be a resource for single people. So if you like some of the advice I've been dropping here, it is littered through the podcast and I interview all kinds of experts on things from polyamory to astrology and uh, how to be a good husband was actually the latest one. This guy who wrote a book called Kick-Ass Husband. 
Oh my god, it's amazing. Um, so yeah, that'll be an interesting one. So uh, Ghosted Podcast, you can find anywhere and everywhere, Apple, Spotify, all the places you can find. There's a hack for that because we work under the same network. Yay. Yes. Are you coming up on your one year anniversary as well? Yes. Crazy, right? Happy happy birthday happy to birthday. Ghosted. Happy birthday, guys. Happy one year. Birthday. It's amazing. <laughs> um, I can't believe that people are still listening, but hey, I love it. We made it a um, year as podcasters. That's amazing. <laughs> we did it. Yeah. Um, and I'm so yeah, happy you that, know. you know, this is kind of a cool little anniversary celebration here. I didn't even realize <laughs> that. Oh, and congratulations this weekend. Yeah, thank you. So, so yeah, September 18th, which I'm sure will be dated by the time this comes out, is my wedding. Um, Yay. So, yeah, I'm sure I'll be listening to this episode on my honeymoon or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what then- a full circle moment. Let's be real. Right. I know. So, yeah, yeah, true. The matchmaker had to matchmake herself, right? Yeah. So we made Proved it work. <laughs> um, and then if you are interested in matchmaking, um, you know, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Modern Yenta. Yenta is a Yiddish word for matchmaker. Um, or at The Social MM. My company is The Social Modern Matchmaking. You can also go to thesocialmm.club and check everything out there. You can also text me. 303-842-4762 and tell me all your dating problems and I can hopefully chat with you and see who might be a good fit to set you up with. And if you are not in Colorado, please still reach out to me. I have an amazing network of matchmakers all over the country that I would be happy to refer you to one of my friends so that I know you're in good hands. Love it. Thank you so much. And for everyone listening, if you enjoyed this episode, if you have a single person in your life that might benefit from this information, they just need like a little feel reinvigorated when it comes to dating, send this episode to them and just say, thought of you. And it'll brighten their day and it'll also simultaneously help our community grow. So also head over and rate, review, Um, subscribe to your favorite platform so you never miss an episode and always remember to stay Stay curious. Disclaimer, this podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.